and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes, and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation, and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge, or water. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, my friend. How are you doing today? Good. How How's are you? How's it going? It's Good. Good. Trying to stay warm. For everybody out there that does know, not know my guest, speaking of not being able to talk right. Yeah, right. For the people <laughs> that don't know my guest, <laughs> sitting here to my left, everybody make some noise for the very talented Sierra Sellers. The world's happy that you're here. Thank you. I'm happy that you're here. Thanks for making the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. So happy 2020. How's yeah. your new year going? Really well. Yeah. Really well. It seems very positive so far. So same. Yeah. Same. It's a nice turn of events for mm-hmm. things. I know. Nin- 2019 was kind of rough, but mm-hmm. I have high hopes. Good. So what have you been up to? Just recently put out something, I believe. Today. You? Yeah. Today. <laughs> well, by the time this goes out, oh, it'll yeah. be recently. Sorry. That's okay. Um, yeah. I, I put out a song I had actually made a music video for. And um, I don't know why I didn't want to release it like uh, to be available for streaming back then. It was like a year ago. Okay. But I just wasn't, I wasn't in the mood for it. (laughs) (laughs) And so then I was looking on YouTube and I forgot I made that video and I went and clicked on it. I was like, oh, this song's tight. I should probably like do something with it. So I was like, oh, whatever. I'll put it out. Um, That way, if people haven't heard the video or haven't seen the video, they can still hear the song and everything like that. Um, But other than that side situation, I've been working on my EP, Ophelia. Um, I'm in like the last final stages of it and... You know, it's starting it's starting to come together. I was really nervous at one point because I'm very particular about my music. I'm very particular. If it doesn't sound a certain way and if it's not almost perfect, if not perfect, I won't put it out. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I think that that's your selfish right as a creator to do that. Exactly. And I find that it's normal if you're an artist with your own unique voice yeah. and identity. You want it to come across correct exactly exactly and i mean even we're probably in the i don't know fifth or sixth phase of mixing for just the intro track sure (laughs) and i um i didn't listen i was in the studio last night and i didn't listen to what we had done um because i wanted kind of fresh ears Mm -hmm. with it and then this morning i sent the engineer like a voice memo of all the notes that I had. <laughs> so I'm sure the people that have helped me are sick of me, but I appreciate them. And it's a fine line because much like a painting, mm-hmm. a song can never be done. It doesn't have to be if you don't want it exactly, to be. Exactly. So you yeah. kind of gotta learn compromise mm-hmm. is a bit of a, a bit of yeah. a son of a bitch, I suppose. Right? <laughs> yeah. So how are you with compromise in this quest to put out uh, perfect music if i'm in a partnership with somebody else um let's say i'm working closely with a producer or another artist on the song and they really like a part or something that i might disagree with but it doesn't directly affect my part in the song i'll let it go but when it comes down to like 
like if the engineer and I disagree mm-hmm. on something, like I don't think it needs more reverb. I don't really like reverb, so that's a poor example, but whatever. I, sure. If I'm like more reverb and he's like, no, and I'm like, trust me, you know, <laughs> just trust me. Yeah. Even if it sucks, like I just want to hear it. Um, I would say I'm a little less apt to compromise on the mix of my song if I don't think it's where it should be. Mm-hmm. It could be, really- but that doesn't really that I've never come across that. I've never had somebody be like, you're wrong. And I've never said to somebody you're wrong, you know? Yeah. There's no right or wrong way really to record a song or mix a song. Mm-hmm. That's why I always think it's funny. You see stuff on YouTube, like the best way to record hip hop vocals in 2020. And it's yeah. just like, it's in all, 2020 it's- as <laughs> if it's a trend. Oh yeah. Oh, I guess uh, yeah. As style. if it's really changed, but yeah. you know, they, they always recycle the <laughs> Study shit. Show. All the all the channels that I subscribe to, all that like mixing nerdy stuff. Yeah. I'm super into it just because I like knowing about new plugins and new things mm-hmm. that come out. But it's there's no real right or wrong way to do it, I find. Yeah. I mean, there's some things that are objectively incorrect, I would suppose. Yeah. Like how the, I used to mix my songs in high school. I just turned the compressor all the way up. And that sure. was my mix and master. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's if it sounded good to you at the time. Yeah. I and just also it to get louder. I was like, I don't even know how this <laughs> garage band, you're killing me. No, sure. <laughs> and then the only way to learn how to do something right is to do it wrong. Yeah. For you'll probably spend more time doing it wrong than doing yeah. it right. Unfortunately. <laughs> but I mean, people always tell me that or have been in the studio with me or work with me. They're like, you're just so hard on yourself. Like you, are your worst critic and your toughest critic. And I'm like, but if I'm unhappy with the song and I put it out there, I could get like Beyonce could shout me out and I'd be like, wow, I could have made this better for Beyonce. She heard this version. Like she could have heard Mm -hmm. the version that I hear in my mind. So I think there's so much uh, an important tool in promotion that I think a lot of artists overlook is the, the power of ego, not in a bad Mm -hmm. way, but if like you really fuck with yourself and you put that energy out there, people will, fuck with you but mm-hmm. if there's like this kind of like negative i'm not so sure self-conscious energy around your work yeah. people are gonna be like eh. yeah that's why there's a lot of bullshit that's real <laughs> popular because yeah. it's like you know mm-hmm. objectively bad depending on you know your personal opinion on something but uh-huh. they really fuck with themselves and especially in 2020 yeah a lot of people seem to be making it big just more off of their personality and the attitude around their work but you know, if you're a real artiste, yeah, there's more. There's more to it than that, For and sure. I imagine that's kind of, kind of the headspace you're in. Yeah, I also am just not. I always said I'll I'll never compromise my character to achieve my goals. It's just when I've been dreaming of being a singer successfully going on tour, being in the studio, writing for other people, maybe not all those aspects when I was in preschool, <laughs> but I definitely knew I wanted to perform and sing in front of people for my career in preschool. I never envisioned another version of myself. You know what? I, does that make sense? Like, yeah. I've gotten advice from people and that, you know, people tell me to do this and that and like, oh, if you dress this way or if you use your looks or if you X, sure. Y, and Z, I'm like, y'all don't get it. <laughs> I always love when people give me advice only because of this. Mm-hmm. And this isn't me talking down on myself. It's just like, I know where I'm at in terms of this, the societal chart of making it. Mm-hmm. And if we're sitting at a table together talking, you know, probably just as much as I know. 
unfortunately, mm-hmm. in some aspects. So if you're trying to like school me on something, it's like, has this worked for you? What yeah. evidence do you have that this ridiculous information that you're giving me is actually... Because they made the YouTube video about how to make oh, yeah. a hip hop beat in 2020. Sure, sure. There, it's just, you know, they didn't tell you that. So they're, even though you don't do that kind of stuff. It's interesting to get <laughs> uh, other people's perspective though on like how they perceive you, even if it's something that you aggressively disagree with or don't want to do. I have people like I sang at a show a while back um, and it was like, it was a great opportunity. Don't get me wrong. Like I love everything that I do, but there are certain places with certain vibes and they bring out certain parts of me. This person came up to me and was like, you got to interact more. Like you should go and like sing to the guys and like dance on the guy stuff like that. I was like, <laughs> I-, I hate stuff like that. Cause it's like, stop telling me it would be different if somebody approached me and was like, I would like to see you do this or whatever. And I, I would, you know, okay, cool. I'll consider it. Yeah. But you need to be doing this. You need to be like giving somebody a lap dance and like, Ugh. I feel like those are people that they're not, <laughs> They're not listening. They're just looking. Yeah. And that's obnoxious. Well, it's also frustrating because the performance is, for a lot of people, the only thing they really appreciate in the moment, but they don't realize that I write all those songs and they don't realize that I helped produce some of those songs and that I'm in the studio almost every song from start to finish. So they don't see all the hard work and the other side of my artistry. The performance is just a small part that you guys are seeing, like a very small part. They don't see me, you know, setting up things and answering these emails and coming and doing podcasts. And, you know, they don't see all the behind the scenes work. So they don't, you know, that's a whole part of being an artist, too, is like the, the whole creative process, not just, you know, the performance outlet. So it's frustrating when people are like, you need to be doing this. And then you would just take off. Yeah. If I went in the crowd and danced on a dude, I'm sure my career would immediately take off. Cause that's all I need. <laughs> like, shut up. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Let it out. This is yeah, definitely right. the place. So with that background that you do have coming up, you know, wanting to sing, getting into writing music, writing songs, getting mm-hmm. into production and things like that. It seems like you, have knowledge of these things and you just literally told me that you are involved in it. Yeah. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Now I know. Yeah. <laughs> I made some assumptions and now <laughs> we're here. Yeah. So it even makes so much more sense now that you're such a per- perfectionist because yeah. once you're like really behind the curtain and like behind the board in the studio and you mm-hmm. understand how things work, it's like then you really open up Pandora's box because yeah. it's one thing to be an artist that's removed from the sort of like the mechanics of how it works and just Mm -hmm. like i kind of want it to sound like this and then you have an engineer it's like well that that can't really work and you don't know so you're like okay Mm -hmm. but no you're like no motherfucker i know that Uh, we could do this you know sometimes (laughs) sometimes i get really frustrated there was this one time in in the studio and i got really really frustrated because the person i was working with i think he was tired but i needed this one sound and i knew this person could make this sound it was like a raindrop sound and he could do the thing where you, I can't do oh, okay, like, yeah. like the side of your cheek. And so he kept looking through Ray and I kept telling him like, no, like he's going to go in the booth and record the sound. And then we're just going to, you know, chop and screw whatever. And he kept trying to like argue with me. And I was like, yo, 
just let him record this rage ride that he did. And he was like, oh, I see what you're saying. And it's like, yeah, well, I wouldn't be this adamant if I didn't know what I was talking. You know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> so I run into that. And people do make a lot of assumptions about me. Like I get when I release music and stuff, I get DMs all the time. Like uh, who wrote the song or like, where'd you get this song? I wrote it. Oh, I like it. I like you even more now. Like damn, how much did you like me before? <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting. There's the way the internet and SoundCloud, I think, is a big proponent in this and how it's shaped the creation of music over the past decade. Because when I was in middle school, I started making like beats and stuff in eighth grade, and it was like I had like a little piece of equipment, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there was like Fruity Loops and stuff like that. Yeah. There was no like the idea of like go, YouTube was even a thing because mm-hmm. I'm fucking old. <laughs> so it's just like there wasn't a thing like go online and find a beat and just rap to that. It's like yeah. you want a beat, you have to fucking make it. Mm-hmm. So now there's a whole this whole culture of people that are used to the idea of just finding a producer online really easily. No interaction with that producer. Just buy a beat or just take a beat mm-hmm. and then just rap on top of it and that's it and that's how so many people put out music now yeah and there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. but i think a lot of people are taken back by like oh you actually make your beats because even i get that still mm-hmm. there's people that have known me for like five years that don't know i make beats and they're like oh you make those songs yeah <laughs> where the well, I fuck don't... do you think they come from <laughs> i my production skills like i make beats but i do not share them they are extremely trash um, yeah with that attitude right no i'm just saying right now <laughs> yeah. because i was actually in college um i started you know making them and i was getting pretty decent and then because i didn't know any producers and so i was on youtube searching the tight beats because i'm like i don't know i need beats you gotta you start know? somewhere exactly. yeah absolutely yeah so um i started like practicing and really and even with guitar i was like practicing every single day and then i met you know, people that played instruments and I met producers. So I've fallen off from it, but still I'm trying to You're still involved. Get back. Yeah. In- and like I don't I'm not making the beat, but I'm saying like I like that or I'm singing the melody of what yeah. I would want them to play. So I'm involved. I don't You're do collaborating. It. Exactly. Yeah. See, not with the words today, you are. Not it's, me. Yeah, you're not like there <laughs> isn't some think tank of people that are like crafting your songs in a lab and then mm-hmm. bringing to me like here you go sierra here's yeah. your new hit song yeah and even sometimes like um producers will send me um packs of their beats and stuff like that and even even then after i write it they tend to always go back in and kind of cater the beat to what i've written and as you should thing yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i'm used to that now and i've gotten very spoiled i've also gotten very spoiled with my band too because i performed this well one summer with um recently with like a a backing track and um it was horrible it doesn't feel the same does it it was so like it was such a disconnect karaoke yeah Uh and i was like this is like there was no, it was like the sound, if there were like levels, the sound was just right here. Whereas with the band, it's like from the bottom up and fills out where it's like the beat is like super linear. Yeah. And I was like, this sucks. Uh-huh. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there 100%. But people also don't understand when they book you for things too. Like 
oh, can you just not bring your band? That's also a part of my artistry. That's also a part of how I express myself mm-hmm. and my cre- creativity. And I'm like, I mean, I sometimes it's like I'll if do you don't it, want the band, you don't want me. Yeah, that's how I feel. But sometimes I'm like, ah, Sierra, are you there yet to be making those calls? But on the other hand, it's, it's up like to you. it's my it's my music, so I am. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I do hip hop and I have a band, but mm-hmm. there's just some shows that like I want to play with friends, and it doesn't make sense. Nobody else is gonna have a band. Mm-hmm. Can't show up. It's just not equipped. It's like okay, whatever. I could still just play a rap show. Yeah. Hopefully, you have a good PA at least. Otherwise, yeah. it's gonna be real weird. But. If That's it's why weird, I bought my own. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> part of it. <laughs> We've all on a budget. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you just got to... It's really just experience and you start to adapt over time and you learn these things just as you go. Yeah. That's really all it is. It's just rolling with the punches, I suppose. True chains. Of being a uh, an underground artist. Mm-hmm. And I think on the flip, I had mentioned how the SoundCloud culture changed a lot in you know, our demographic of music. I think the other thing that works against us is just people having a low expectation of like an underground artist or a local artist. Sometimes they don't think they, they expect or realize how much goes into it. And it's yeah. like, it's probably, it's arguable that a lot of times artists like you that are working independently are probably working so much harder than somebody that has a whole team behind them. Like individually. Maybe, yeah. Potentially. At times. I'm sure. I like to think that when I get to the level where I'm doing music full time, I could rest. That's what I was just thinking about when you said that. I was like, I hope that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm working towards, you know, work hard now, rest a little bit later. Mm-hmm. That's, I was thinking when you were telling me about your, difficulties with perfection in the studio Mm -hmm. and how it's good to have knowledge of how things work but how sometimes it's a curse because you get distracted i feel like when you're recording if Mm -hmm. i'm performing i just want to focus on the performance if i'm distracted thinking about like everything else you can't really lock in Mm -hmm. but it's so hard for me to separate from that especially if i'm like recording myself which i do a lot which is the worst recording your own vocals (laughs) I love recording myself. I love it. The only downside about it is that you don't get... I like people in the studio being like, oh, maybe you could try this. You know what I'm saying? Not like random. It's the worst when like random people in the studio that you met for the first time are just like there because they're a friend of a friend. I hate when people that don't belong in the studio are in the studio. Yeah. I don't really have anybody in the studio. If anybody is in the studio with me, it's my band. Yeah. And I obviously like them and their opinions. Yeah, well, they 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 should be there. Yeah, exactly. So I like that. I like direction as far as background vocals are concerned because um, I hate background vocals with a burning passion. I don't know why. I just always hated them. But I love recording myself because I, I'm very quick. Yeah. And I know what I like. Sometimes when I'm in, like recording, I have to like explain to the pr- or the engineer what I want what spot I want them to go back to and we're out, you know, it's I, sometimes it's easier just to do it. I can't say some being in the person <laughs> being in the position <laughs> of 
working with another engineer. There's been times recording vocals and just seeing how long they take to maybe get a new track set up or something. I'm yes. just like, come the fuck on. Yeah. I want to do this. <laughs> like, especially, so I, I can see that. I definitely yeah. have. It's easier. Workflow can be a bit easier. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a bit of a, a but control freak. I have to freak, get so. more organized when I record because I never label any of my tracks. Oh, and then when yeah. I go to like export them, <laughs> I'm like, and i have to go back and label them it's so annoying so i need to get i need to learn a little bit from my current engineer he's very organized yeah you could you could get organized yeah a little patience yeah i just i'm so i'm like like i'm quick with it so i'm just like so outside of music yeah how organized is your life it's pretty organized okay it has to be i mean i work i have a full-time job and a part-time job and I'm working currently, like working on this project, also currently planning my best friend's baby shower. Holy smoke. Yeah, like I got a lot going on. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it, like my job too, it's not, it's not overbearing or overwhelming in any way, but um, I'm a childcare coordinator. So staff, if they have issues or problems or whatever, they do contact me outside of my office hours. So sometimes I'll be like on the phone at like eight o'clock at night or something. So I have to stay on it they probably think my the staff that i work with probably think i'm super unorganized because i'm like you have to send it to me in an email or else it's not real because i'll forget about it but they don't know that i log all their emails and <laughs> oh sure <laughs> and like put them away in different places so uh-huh. i can stay on it yeah my whole existence revolves around like lists and google calendar and yeah. if if it's not in there it's toast exactly. i will not forget exactly and i will I can't not remember even- <laughs> I will not forget. <laughs> Bro, it has been a long day. Um, but yeah, I can't even do like a phone calendar. I have to write. I have a whole planner mm-hmm. thing and I have to write it down. Just, that's how I remember things Easy, easier, I guess. With writing songs, mm-hmm. are you a yes. notepad? analog pen and paper i have a i have several like song i like i also like that because i sign and date every song i've actually i have a songbook from when i was in third grade and every song is dated and signed that's so cool so it's nice to have that like catalog of music and i can be like what was i doing this year or what was i writing you know it's really cool does it have you when did you start getting into actually recording your music uh i recorded the first time i ever recorded i was a senior in high school and i was shaking the whole time (laughs) it was so bad and um it was in this dude's sounds creepy it wasn't creepy it was in this dude's closet at his house i mean that sounds (laughs) pretty uh, pretty standard pretty normal for for (laughs) i've never recorded in the closet (laughs) it was a totally safe environment uh there were other people there it wasn't weird i was surrounded by shirts it was very warm uh but I recorded once and then quite frankly, a boyfriend at the time was like, I don't want you recording music. If you record music, I'll break up with you. And I was like, oh, what I'm, the fuck is that? He grew out of that. He was, he's very, we, he and I are cool now. We're not together or anything, okay. but we're friends. And we look back at those times and crack up about oh. how, cause it was mutual. It was equally psycho about each other. But anyway, <laughs> so I chilled on it. And then when we broke up, when I was my freshman year of college, um, that's when I started like really getting into it and um, 
the first place I recorded a full song was actually in one of the like classrooms in my at one of the buildings in my college okay cool yeah so uh, these guys came up and like set up a microphone in front of like the room and there were people in like the lecture seats and stuff like that and i recorded my first song that was was that for like like part of a class or something or people nah. just using the facilities and people I hanging just, out because we were like oh we're gonna record and i was like well i know that there are there were like um you know stuff like not foam but equipment to you know repel i don't know sure you know some sort of a dampener or something yeah exactly so (laughs) i was like oh let's just go in there that's probably going to be the best for us to record and um we did and he just the person who i met had friends at my college and that's how i met him and his friends had friends and they were all in there (laughs) but that was 2014 so i was i think i was still 18 okay yeah Prior to any of this, did you have any experience with performing at all? Like, what were you doing with the singing prior to recording? I sang in church. Okay, that'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) And then I sang, uh, I think there was only like once or or twice. Uh, No, it was a little bit more than that. A couple times with this um, little band. And they kind of kicked me out as a lead singer. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I used to be so quiet. Okay. I I was very scared because I've always said and I've always felt that it's different, you know, singing in church and singing for God than like singing secular mu- music or whatever. But <laughs> uh, I would be so scared and so nervous and the one guitar player who I still play with from time to time, he would just like get pissed at me. He'd be like, sit, speak up, like <laughs> sing louder. Come on. <laughs> and even, uh, there are times where we play like even, you know, within the past year or he's like, Sierra, let go. And it's something that I still have to work on. I still get stage fright. I still, you know, have to have that confidence to be able to really sing, sing in front of people. Well, I think the thing that blows my mind about the style of music you do and replicating it live is like really wrestling with those dynamics Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of elements to your music that are very intimate and it's meant to be quiet. Yeah. Especially (laughs) with like your delivery. But Mm -hmm. in a live scenario, you just can't pull that off because it's like as quiet as you're singing with a live band. It's like, well, the band's louder than you. Exactly. So how are you going to mic this appropriately? And yeah. like getting that feel right is so hard. Mm-hmm. So whenever I see people like do it, cause it's not impossible. It just takes mm-hmm. extra work and really training your voice to like be able to sing in a live environment. It's, mm-hmm. it's wild. It takes time. Yeah. It's definitely been a journey. That's for sure. Yeah. A journey that hopefully you'll continue to be on for a yeah, while. Yeah, dude, I hope so. Like that's, I want to go on tour so bad, so badly. I'll go broke, but I'll go on tour. Have you had <laughs> any any experience playing shows out of town? Yeah, um, we were in, uh, where were we? Philly and Chicago, right before the new year. And then I'm going back to Chicago and then going to DC. And I sang in like Florida before, sang in New York. So I'm trying to figure Slowly. out a way. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to figure out a way how to set up my own little 
own little tour it's just so hard when you're completely independent like everything that is spent is my money and then i i'm not paying for my band because i can't afford to pay for them so it's their money also that they have to be willing to invest and they're not going to not that they're not going to they're not always able to invest in shows that they might not feel are worth it you know what i'm saying so like it's so hard hard to figure all that stuff out but we will figure it out yeah it's very very it's it's an unfortunate like ceiling to hit and it Mm -hmm. happens it's very common you're in a very normal position right now unfortunately normal Mm -hmm. but that's the thing just trying to figure out like how do you break through those barriers how do you get people willing to take a chance on you and your band Mm -hmm. without having some like gimmick or some temporary thing attached to it without being like oh she's gonna dance on all the guys yeah. at the show <laughs> little do they know i can't even dance like that was so that was the funniest part like i can two-step and that's about it um but i actually watched this um i watched this interview with jay-z it was his forbes interview and i forget what the question was or whatever but he basically I think it was something about the success of his music and how he got on kind of later in his, well, later. Cause you know, people blow up with music now at like 17 and yeah. you know, some people are really good at it at 17. Some people are not and they, their careers, you know, kind of falter. But he was saying that he's like, I never rode a wave. And he's like, I just basically created my own and waited for people to ride my wave. And like, I keep, I try to keep that in mind when I see, you know, I'm getting older and people my age have had solid careers now for like the past two, three years. So it's almost it's easy to feel like a failure if you look at the age and, you know, with social media and all the other components of, you know, the lifestyle of making it and being successful in music or having a career in uh, music. It's like if you don't have it when you're young, it's like you're not going to get it, which is totally false but oh yeah it's it's easy to get caught up in that definitely i think that the most important thing goes back to that 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 energy and that attitude that you have and what is your definition of making it Mm -hmm. and uh also not taking the things that you have for granted in the moment yeah and like just being aware like okay like i'm not touring right now Mm -hmm. but i'm not doing nothing yeah exactly (laughs) so i find that you know, every day I, it's a little bit easier for me to go to sleep just knowing that like I accomplished like four more things that I hadn't had done the day before. Or yeah. Something. And I think just going back to your question of like, how am I going to get people to take a chance? I got to, I slowly am convincing myself that people are going to take a chance on me when they're ready to i just got to keep my head down stay focused stay humble do what i feel is right for me and my music and my vision and then if people mess with it they mess with it and if they don't i tried and i'll never i don't think i'll ever stop making music or doing music um but i do think it's gonna take i don't think i'm gonna like blow up anytime I don't think I'm the type of person that's going to blow up overnight. Who knows? Maybe I will. I hope I do. Ophelia coming out soon. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's the best 
focus to have though is mm-hmm. just on the work itself mm-hmm. and putting energy into making the best product possible mm-hmm. and not focusing so much. I know people that'll spend, you know, a week recording an album and then three months on Instagram strategy and like, you know, like Dang. super silly stuff. People always ask me why I haven't done an album. I'm like, I can barely pull off an EP. Like I the EP even that I'm working on now was originally six songs and I went ahead, wrote, recorded it, spent some like time on it and stuff. And I was like, the song isn't good enough. Just scrap it. Yeah, sure. And it like, finally I found five songs that I'm really, really happy with, but thinking about a whole album, like I'm even upset with this EP that I didn't do all the, the small details of like the transitions and skits and things that I wanted to do with it. Because I just don't have the time or money to pull it off because, you know, for whatever reason. So whenever I do an album, music will be my only career and you will not hear from me for like a year. (laughs) I think that I'm going to get off social media. You won't be able to reach me unless it's an emergency. Nope. I think that there's it's really easy to get disconnected to because. You told me you're working a full-time job and another part-time job and all these things. And if an album takes you two years to put together or an EP or whatever, Mm -hmm. you didn't spend two years nonstop on that thing Mm -hmm. because you have, you know, all that other time that's in all the other hustles. And also performing like music is a job also. I mean, this week alone out outside of my trying to think. I think I had one day off and I think that was Tuesday potentially. And I'm talking about day off, whereas I came home from work and I didn't have to go to my other job or do something with music, which is like, I don't know. I don't that, think people understand that. Was that day <laughs> off? Did you even allow yourself to have no, that time off? No, I definitely off? answered all the emails I was uh Back, I, I I consider that a day off because yeah, I'm, it's just, it's just I'm sitting me. in bed and I'm watching Netflix. I'm still working, but it's kind of like a it's like a housekeeping, sure type. You know, just I just feel it, it doesn't the stop to these questions, and it can't. As <laughs> no. much as I love the idea of like, actually, no, I don't even love the idea of doing nothing. Now that I think about it, it stresses me out. Ex- right? <laughs> I literally I cannot go to bed until. I've done something productive. Yeah. I feel like a total failure. It just doesn't exist. There is one time though. Um, I was, I was honestly very burnt out by December of 2019, uh, just with like life things and all the music I was making and the gigs that I had booked and traveling and stuff like that, where I did take, a week off. I still was at work, my job job, but um, I was like, Sierra, you were, I was, I've been sick for like two months. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things where I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't stop to eat if I had to be somewhere. I was just there. Yeah. Now I'm learning to slow down and take care of myself because quite frankly, that's more important than you know, we said like we said, seven thirty tonight, and then yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Can we do it seven forty-five? I need to eat this pizza." You yeah, know? totally. I need to start taking those steps. So I took that time off, and it completely reju- rejuvenated me. And I just noticed how 
much more productive I was after than before when I wasn't stopping. So I think it's important to take a break sometimes. And I'm definitely this summer going to plan a vacation where I'm not work working in any capacity and yeah. just breathe for a second. Because I think that's really important just to your health and mental well, well-being, but um, also to like the creative juices and everything. I agree. I get into these terrible cycles where, well, it starts out good. I tell myself, I'm going to start going to bed early because instead of staying up all night and doing stuff half-assed and falling asleep at my computer, Mm -hmm. I could just wake up at like four or five in the morning, have nobody bugging me and work on that stuff with a fresh brain. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the that's the the perfect goal, right? Yeah. But and I'll I'll be good with that for a little bit. Yeah. But then you know it's like okay, well now I'll stay up till eleven thirty, then twelve, mm-hmm. then one, then then it be then it's it eventually just goes into this thing where I'm going to bed at two and still trying to wake up at five. Yeah. You know, that is cra- one thing I will never stuff. compromise is my sleep. If I am tired, I'm going to bed. <laughs> like I need I'm the type of person I need eight hours of sleep. Yeah, I don't get tired and then like push through. Mm-hmm. I will just, it'll just out of nowhere. I'm like, oh crap, I got to sleep. And then yeah. I go. Yeah. But if I'm in the zone on something, I won't get tired. Yeah. That and is then true. I'll realize that it's two in the morning and I'm like, oh shit. That is a very good point. It's almost like if you're working really hard and you forget to eat or you Ugh. don't think about it, like, yeah. which you probably seems like a. What happens to me yeah. all the time? Like I wasn't hungry. Oh, well, I was hungry. I wasn't. It was one of those things I could have been like, I could wait till I get home. It's not going to be that big of a deal, but I'm not trying to get sick again. Yeah. That I was sick for like two months and it was horrible. I was miserable. It's, it's not good to do, but also there's this part of my brain that whenever I realize that I've been like working so hard that I forgot to eat or forgot to do this or that, I'm like, you go. Uh, Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy that I'm working. Yeah. And I'm happy that I have that much to do. Yeah. That is a, Different. I think that's the way I looked at it where not I looked at it definitely like if I took a break, I wasn't working hard enough because no days off and like you see all that kind of stuff. Like it's very social media has made me more competitive than I already was. And not that I'm looking at other people, you know, getting upset with myself. But like if you see somebody in the studio, don't you want to go get in the studio? Anytime, anytime I see photos of people in the studio, I'm like, you're not working that hard. Oh, I guess that's true. Because I never, my manager gets so mad. He's like, you need to record more of what you're doing. I'm I'm working. I'm not not thinking about my fucking phone right now. I need to think about that when I see them pictures. Because when I see those pictures, I'm like, damn, they're in the studio. I need to, I should be in the studio. Let me write a song. Yeah. That's what I, don't get me wrong. I've posted those pictures, but I definitely catch myself too. At the end of a session, it's like, oh shit, we didn't record any of this footage. It's like, well, no, because we're we're putting in the work. True. And also like, I've just been behind the curtain long enough that like, I don't care that you're in the studio. It's like, oh, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're a musician. (laughs) That's like, it's it's literally the equivalent of like posting a picture of your sandwich or something. (laughs) But I mean, I like seeing that stuff. Like, I'm like, I like seeing a studio that's nice. Like, oh, where's Sierra recording? Where's that? That's yeah. cool. Like, oh, they got that board. That's cool. Or where's that sandwich? Where'd you get that? It looks good. So I, I enjoy it, but also I don't let it get to me in a negative way. Yeah, I definitely am really hard on myself and let that kind of stuff 
that kind of stuff gets me. Um, it's interesting though, because I didn't mean to cut you off, oh, you're fine. but it seems like maybe it gets to you in some ways, but at least it's not getting to you in the sense that you feel like you have to rush out music. Oh if, yeah, no. Cause there's a lot of people that I feel just rush out music. They have so much content and some people are good at putting out consistent content, but mm-hmm. a lot of people it's like, I can hear some songs and I'm like, Oh, this sounds like you spent a day on it. Yeah. No, I definitely, it's always more so reacting in a, in a way of like reflection, self-reflection. And, so I never get like, uh, I never wish somebody else bad or I never, you know, get down on myself like you're not good enough. It's more so like I'm competitive and I want to outwork somebody. Yeah. So. I can, I think I, I relate with that. I could see And I used that. to play basketball too. So like <laughs> I was super competitive with that. And I, if I didn't come first in like our drills and like running and basically anything i would be pissed my (laughs) i have an issue it shows if i'm at a show that i'm not playing and if i see somebody kill it i just want to go home and work on stuff immediately i can't go to concerts i've been in the last year zero i don't think i've been to a single concert in the last year other if i wasn't opening or playing because I get so, I can't even enjoy it. Yeah. I, I'm like, I want to be up there. I should be up there. But I also need to work. Yeah. I uh, Speaking of vacations, I spent eight days in Disney World at the end of last year. Ten. And that was my like big vacation. I didn't have any, didn't do any work really. Mm-hmm. Maybe I worked on beats in the hotel a little <laughs> bit on my computer, but nothing crazy. Um, but from a production aspect, like that whole place is a show. Mm-hmm. It's like everything is it just gave me all these ridiculous ideas for like stage shows and just like outfits and the way things are lit and all mm-hmm. this like production stuff so the whole time even though i'm on vacation my brain even in disney world is still thinking about like the the nuts and bolts and the gears and cranks yeah. of how it all works mm-hmm. i can't even enjoy that as like yeah a child i'm not a child but you know what i mean yeah like, i can't even get lost in the magic that's oh what, i would the a disney thousand magic. percent get lost in the magic i've never been to disneyland or disney world whatever i would be able to ignore all of that <laughs> i was very Sucks happy though you. i was no, very kidding. happy in that <laughs> i was very happy about it though yeah for sure so I, I suppose it's like a there's still a magical element to how over the top everything there is. I mean, I work with kids, so I'm a, I'm honestly a child. Like I, like today at work, I was like, "Hey, Lucas, remember when you farted last week and it spelled like broccoli?" And we were all like, "Ha ha ha!" You know, I like I'm that you instigated kind of that. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was funny too. We didn't yeah. gang up on this first grader, but like, <laughs> I definitely would be at Disney World, like in awe. With that stuff, with your life that you have been building for yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, since high school and into college, and you have your job. I don't know if that's like a career or a job, or if you're in between. I don't know, like what you went to school for. It could be a career. I went to school for early childhood education and special education. So you're in 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 my field in your field for sure. And you have the music, and you're doing all this stuff. It's like relatively positive. Mm-hmm. I feel like the majority of your music thematically is reasonably positive and mm-hmm. personal as well. Yeah. How do you deal with negativity? 
a lot of people get it out in their music. I don't really hear that coming from you, but everybody has to deal with negative stuff. Yeah, I mean, in general, I would say it takes a lot to upset me. I know I started off being like, oh yeah, me and my boyfriend for high, in high school were psycho about each other. But I mean, that's high school. That's fine. It, it was a different. It was a different way or whatever. Uh, I don't. But, want, I never want to talk about my high school relationship. Oh god, they're so bad. They're so bad. Like I said, I think I said this a little bit ago. To get like good at something, you got to be really yeah. bad at it for a while. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, I'm just the type of person um, that I don't even entertain the negative stuff. Honestly, like especially if it's from other people or if somebody's doing something that i don't like if i find the relationship worthwhile enough for me to speak up and say like hey i don't really like the way you do this and even if they react like well i'm gonna keep i'm gonna still keep on doing it i'll be like all right well then it is what it is and i just know that more moving forward and i either like won't rely on you for certain things or i won't hang out with you in certain environments like just i'm i'm laid back in that sense um my one song that was like my probably the only diss track, if you consider it a, a diss track, which it wasn't, but um, was Cookout. The song was like, you ain't invited to my cookout, that jam. And I wrote that because somebody was like, a couple people were acting like dickheads. And I was like, you know what? I want to, they, they almost pushed me to the point of cussing, cussing them out. But um, I wasn't quite there. So I pulled back and was like, you know what? They're just not invited to my cookout. <laughs> and so I literally wrote a whole song about like the the hook is you ain't invited to my cookout. If you feel slighted, then what you about? You ain't invited to my cookout where beeswax is minded and tears dry out because my cookouts are good vibes. No drama. Leave that mess at home. Like. When you are at a cookout with Sierra Sellers, we are getting drunk. We're eating good food, listening to good music, playing cards. You know, it's a good time. It's funny, like, even if that's like the most aggressive thing that you have, it's still friendly (laughs) and inviting in a way. Because if you're the one invited to my cookout, you're like, oh, shit, they ain't invited, but I am. Uh (laughs) No, but that song, and I mean, the song is about me basically saying, you know what, it is what it is. The first line is, I ain't tripping off no spilled milk. Um, And it's like, I really, if there's ever a negative person in my life or a negative situation, I really do remove myself. I don't even necessarily remove them. I'll just kind of scale back from that myself and, you know, do what's best for me, I don't judge people. You move how you want to move. You live how you want to live unless it directly affects me or a loved one. Like it is what it is. I'm curious about since you went to school for childcare and development, you're doing that now. If that's instilled a certain sense of patience and understanding yes. in you. <laughs> for sure. Especially cause I was also in special education. Okay. Wow, and, yeah. um, now I'm in after school and I actually, I do all the programming and curriculum for the after school sites, but whenever there are behaviors, um, challenging behaviors or undesired behaviors, I, a lot of staff come to me and bring things to me to help them create like behavior intervention plans or whatever it might be. So it's kind of like 
I get I get kind of the misfits. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I'm I'm decent at, you know, building relationships with them and hearing all sides, seeing all sides of a story before I come to a conclusion and so it's definitely it's made me more well-rounded for sure. And I'm also I really love this concept. I don't know what time, I forget what time it's from, but this idea of humanism where like doctors and um dentists and other professionals in different fields they would do what they studied during the day but then when they came home from work they would learn languages or you know do music paint and the idea is that the more you learned about um the more well-rounded and a better person you became because it's like you're more empathetic um you have a better understanding of the world around you and you weren't just like you know that, that oh, sure master of one is a master of none but my keyboard player recently revealed to me that that's not the whole whole saying but you know how people <laughs> say that but um that idea that you know you just are a well-rounded person i really love that and even when music becomes my career, I personally want to go back to school and like learn just for the fun of it. Like I hate school because I hate getting graded and I hate timelines and deadlines and things like that and feeling that pressure. But if there was an opportunity opportunity for me to just sit in a classroom and learn about like even freaking physics, I would so do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, even if you scale it back to music, you know, Think about the music that somebody that only listens to one style of music makes versus the music that somebody that listens to music yeah. from all over the spectrum. And like you're you're able to pull all of those creative influences into mm-hmm. something that is your creative output. Yeah. But if you're like that with every aspect of your life, of course, you know, like working with kids and understanding patients and learning how to deal things, problem solving, that's gonna help you one day deal with some out of line grumpy promoter that's having a bad day. Yeah, right. You're going to be able to, <laughs> or like a, a band member that's, you know, going through some fucked up shit and you got to mm-hmm. talk them down at practice because they're yeah. bringing that negative energy into the yeah. space. And you're like, what is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, this ain't the place. <laughs> nah, for sure. I like, speaking of the music thing, I never appreciated how crazy of a songwriter Dolly Parton is. Like, have you ever... Do you know all the songs that she's written? No. She's I, written so I believe it. many songs. Like I didn't know she wrote um I Will Always Love You, the one Whitney Houston. Oh, really? Sings. She wrote that. She wrote it for Elvis. Wow. And he was gonna sing it and then he un- passed away. Isn't that crazy? And I don't know if she sang it herself first and then Whitney redid it, but she wrote it. I was like, what? That's <laughs> crazy. So I'm trying to find more info about like song i love writing songs um so i'm definitely trying to expand on that and the fact that you know dolly parton who's like that classic country singer wrote a crossover kind of song sure it's crazy well i mean i'm sure that there are some italian chefs that can make a a mean burrito yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
You just gotta, funny. you just gotta ask them. True. You never know. Next you, time I go to Buka, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, can I get some fajitas?" <laughs> yeah. You never know what someone's cooking in the kitchen. It's just like you only get what they bring out in the plate, but True. you never know what they're working on back there. True. You don't know what they have in their recipe book. Exactly. So, bringing it back to the performances and just the city, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Pittsburgh has been treating you over the past couple years. So good. Um, I mean, not the past couple years, but this past year, so good. And I mean, yeah, I feel like you to, came on my radar about a year ago. Yeah, and to be honest, like, I I hate it. I get really frustrated when people are like, Pittsburgh's so unsupportive, like, whatever, and they like talk that talk. But Same. like, then I look into it, I'm like, y'all been out here for like a month. Like you don't have the hottest music right now. You have a lot of work to put in, and, and that's you're how miserable to be around, probably. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that's how I looked at it. I was like, I don't, I don't trip off of what I don't get or get after someone or you know whatever it might be. When opportunities present themselves and they're ones that I've been wanting, I'm grateful. And when I don't, if I don't get them, I'm like, okay, I just didn't work hard enough. Like funny story, Deutschtown. The festival, I didn't know. I didn't know that you applied to it. I thought they selected people. So the first summer I had been interested in performing and I didn't get on the roster, I was like, dang, all right, just got to work harder. And then the next season came around of it. They were like, oh, you have to apply. I was like, what? It's just so goofy. But my, I use that example because my mentality wasn't oh they they're sleeping on me it was all right i gotta make better music i gotta work harder i gotta get more performances and prove myself and last year i did i was on like the main stage and i had another deutsch talent performance too so it was like it was nice to see that i'm glad i didn't get selected because i wouldn't have gotten those slots and i wouldn't have had a band you know what i mean like it's just things happen in their own time for that reason i think pittsburgh in the last year has been really supportive i wish that people would come out to the live shows more um because that seems to be something that i don't really promote that well either but i'm tired of and i stopped inviting my friends because i want to start gaining like a real fan base so i'm struggling with that in performances of how to get people to actually come out because people come out after a while and they're like you're so good. Like, and I'm like, did you think I was faking? Like, (laughs) did you think, why do you think I keep getting booked? And I'm not trying to like gas myself up being like, Oh, my shit don't sink. Cause I have a lot to work on, but it's worth like coming out and seeing us and giving us a shot and hearing the music and experiencing that because it is a good time. That's back to people. I mentioned it before overlooking or taking local or underground music for granted. They mm-hmm. don't they don't expect you know you to be in the studio. They're not thinking about you booking all of the shows and mm-hmm. they're not expecting it to be like a a top-notch performance because it's just a local music festival thing. Yeah. And it's just like And what's great about being underground? Um I've recently saw a video of Doja Cat um performing and like nobody was dancing they all just had their phones out oh yeah and recording and somebody tweeted it and was like this show looks or 
this looks like the worst crowd ever, like the worst energy ever. And I thought about it and I was like, I would hate to perform. They weren't, they weren't even interacting with her. Oh yeah. You're like a, almost like an animal at the zoo or something. But at underground shows, nobody has their phones ready because they're like, this person is either going to be trash or it's going to be fire. And then, you know, but rarely have I been to a show and I don't think I've ever been to a show in Pittsburgh where I'm like, this person is trash. Pittsburgh has like a really dope music scene. Yeah. Scenes. I think there right now it's a really cool time because a lot of the people that are, promoting shows are not even necessarily promoters you have a lot of bands Mm -hmm. that are like building cool social circles and they're setting up events with you know they're basically curating these events with people that they know are talented and reliable and Mm -hmm. will bring people out versus a promoter that's maybe just trying to put some money in their pocket so they'll put whoever on a show they're not really thinking about actually curating an event they're just trying to make a little bit of money that stuff doesn't really exist anymore but for a while that was that was a big big part of what was going on so i can also understand some people that maybe haven't been involved in a couple years because they were a part of the scene when that was going on and then they got kind of rubbed the wrong way and then they left and they still think it's like that but it's Mm -hmm. not like that it's definitely changing but definitely you have to come out have a good attitude and be good Mm-hmm. And I think as long as you check those three boxes, leave the house, yeah. have good attitude, be okay. You don't even have to be good. Just be okay. <laughs> You'll probably be able to build some cool experiences for yourself. Yeah. With the future mm-hmm. of Sierra Sellers, you got this EP coming out. Yeah. No release date yet. That's okay. Nuh-uh. You have a release date. Did I not tell you? No. You kept on saying it'll be out when it's out. So you have a release date, but you're still, yeah. you don't know when it's going to be done. No, it'll, I do. It's It'll it's, be done. Yes. It's the deadline is next week to finish it. <laughs> We're in like the final stages of okay. mixing. There are two songs that are not mixed. Okay. And this first one is after the notes that I have given, it'll be, it's, it's done now. I would just like to hear how this sounds. Okay. I told you I'm crazy about it. Sure. Um, and I was very apologetic in my voice memo to this engineer. Like, I, I'm really sorry. I'll bake you cookies, you know, whatever. But it is March 25th, 2020. That's very soon. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, too. Like, I've talked to people and they're like, yes, you need to promote it. You need to, you know, have like a whole release strategy, things like that. Like, You can. You don't have to. That's the thing. I'm doing so much. I want to focus on the music. Yes, it's probably smarter if I had that whole plan. But when you're doing all of it, yeah, it it's like, I don't know. From personal experience, and obviously my experience isn't going to be your experience mm-hmm. or your experience, whoever's <laughs> watching. But from my experience, I have found that unless you have like a real fan base, like people that are really hungry for your shit, mm-hmm. planning a rollout. That's the word I was help. looking for a rollout. Yeah. <laughs> Roll out. Uh, it doesn't, it's not going to make a huge difference. I, I just need right now. The focus is to get more content out. Yeah. I don't have that much. I have hundreds of songs. I do not have that many out. These, this music that on this EP, a lot of it is over a year old. Um, 
just because I got caught up. I really wanted to focus on performing. Now my focus is putting out more content and um, I'll still perform and stuff, but I was really trying to get over that stage fright. But I'm really excited about this EP. Um, can I talk about it for a second? Absolutely. <laughs> it's your hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk about what it's about because um, it was such a cool time. Uh, I was always like a very sheltered, like, like goody two shoes, two shoes type person, yeah. you know, church girl, whatever. And um, after my freshman year of college, you know, I would hang out um, on the street in Oakland, Ophelia in South Oakland. And yeah. my friends and I would just like be out, you know, partying or whatever. And it was just such a cool time because, you know, after your freshman year of college, you have more freedom and independence, but zero true responsibility. Like I had, I worked and I had a job and I had to pay for school, but my, first year was paid and i just had to save up money for my second year and you know stuff like that well not all of it but like the payments i had to make i made um so it was such a cool time and the intro track it's basically taking you through a night on ophelia street so the intro track is like the kickback where you're chilling and like it's very laid back it sounds like you're like in a party and stuff the second track is what i i released um grown last month or in, in january um and i remember being on ophelia you know i had broken up with that with that psycho <laughs> if you see this i promise we're still cool i just it's just so funny um <laughs> but i broke up with him and so grown is like if you've ever pre-gamed with girls they typically shit talk guys that they sure. are angry with so grown is like kind of like that female hype song and then the next song is called good time and that's when you just like go into a party and you're just having a, a good time and then the last two tracks are like you know me personally i had like a lot of not a lot but i had one strong like romance that summer where it was like i got real butterflies and you mm -hmm. know excited to see this person and get to know them so it takes you through like one of the many nights I had on Ophelia. And I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a cool vibe. It sounds great. Thank you. And I'm so stoked for your energy about yeah. it. <laughs> it's always fun watching people talk about their music and what it's about and just having that energy projected. I've said yeah. plenty of times where I love listening to recorded music, but like, knowing the behind the scenes of like why the song exists and how it was recorded and things yeah. like that. I always find that stuff so much more fascinating. Well, I like to talk about it. I mean, I wrote all of it. It's my story. So like nobody really asks you ever what it's about. And I don't know. I mean, that's the other thing too. I don't put out projects and stuff because to me, a project, like you're telling a story. Like it's just, that's how I want my projects to be at least. So uh -huh. if I don't have a concept, if I don't have like a story to tell that, excuse me, is told beyond one song, you know, like what's the, I don't know how to piece different types of songs with different meanings together like that. I guess I'm too attached to the words, but that's why I'm really excited about this concept. Cause it was such, such a cool time in my life um, where 
I was finally like being bad. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it, my version of bad is like, I drank a yingling, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so it was definitely such a cool time Feel where like I, that. it was an adventure for me, for somebody like me. It was a true, true adventure where, you know, there was this one night I remember we were down there and, um, there was these people in a house that were our friends, but they were from Brazil. And they, one night after like all the parties were done and everybody was still like wandering on the streets, they started playing music and everybody started dancing in the street to this like Brazilian music. And they were singing and playing guitar and drumming and stuff. Like it was just such a cool freeing time and place. Yeah. I feel like I know you're probably set on Ophelia being the album title, but mm-hmm. finally being bad is another oh, good album yeah. title. <laughs> <laughs> With like a leather jacket. Yeah, like and shades. you're just dancing on everybody. And there's flames. So I'm dancing, yeah, I'm giving somebody a lap dance <laughs> with a <the> yingling. <laughs> that would have been better. <laughs> Holy smokes. Next rollout. Next rollout. That sounds like a Doja Cat music video. Yeah, it does. And then you can play shows and everybody will just... Yeah, exactly. The whole time. <laughs> I can't even give somebody a lap dance because their <laughs> phone's in the way. <laughs> that was terrible. When that guy said that to me, I was like, he's like, the girls would love that too. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure a girl would love for me to give her boyfriend a lap dance. Like, oh, people. Yeah. Well, seems like you're doing it. You're having a good time. Yes. You're making it work. And I'm excited to hear this project. Thank you. Do you have a release show or anything scheduled for it? You doing any of that? Sort um, of stuff? I think I'm going to have a listening party. Okay. So I'll let you know when that is. Um, cool. It won't be a cookout because it's February. It's March. But <laughs> well, you never know in Pittsburgh. It could true, be 70 degrees. True, true. If that's the case, then it'll be a cookout and we'll have a good time. But if not, it'll just be in the studio. <laughs> you, could, you, you could still just have a cookout. In the yeah, true. I'm like real big on getting people together to instead of like always doing shows all the time, mm-hmm. just like, why don't we just have a cookout? Why don't we all just yeah. go play kickball, do some dumb shit? Why yeah, do we gotta oh, like, I love kickball. I'm not good at it, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 there's these like things I think with um, even just taking it outside of the Pittsburgh music scene, just people in general, mm-hmm. just connecting and just, being around each other and developing friendships outside of the music. Yeah. Cause like as much as we say, like we're going to do music our whole lives, mm-hmm. like it's not the only thing that we're going to be doing. Yeah. And I think that you need to take those breaks from it mm-hmm. and to be able to take those breaks and grow with other people and really get to know people Yeah, outside of just like, Oh, you know, you're the bass player in that band mm-hmm. or you're the, you're the person that's always at every show. It's like, who are you? I just, yeah. like, always want to know people and like know more about them. Yeah. Which is probably why I have the stupid podcast. Oh, uh, no, stupid! <laughs> um, I was excited. I like I had on my. Um, I guess I did have like a plan, like or intention, but I had this podcast on as literally the first. Wow, podcast that I was going to reach out to if I, nobody reached out to me. like if you hadn't reached out to me, I I think I messaged you and said I was just about to yeah email I hit you. you up. Yeah, and you're like I was going to hit you up. I was like word. Yeah, I literally was like oh I want to go, and I had been waiting because i knew i was putting out this ep but i had made that back in like october you know what's funny i'm not a very big spiritual person or thinking about like 
energies and the way the world works, but I just have a hard time not acknowledging that there is this thing that happens so common where like, I mean, I played a show with you, I think over the summer mm-hmm. and Fourth I was of July. Yeah. And I was like, I'll get her on the podcast. And it was like, your name was on the list. And I was just like, I don't know. I could have hit you up anytime. And mm-hmm. I just didn't. And it's happened with other people too. And usually whenever I reach out to people, it's always like right time. Cause I'm about to do something. There's like a weird thing with this, like some sort of energy or something in the universe. It's yeah. like, guiding me and like my intuition with like hitting people up at the right time i don't know what it is but yeah it's something it's a gift something's in the air uh, a gift yes I, well, I was also afraid that you weren't gonna like me after we met on fourth of july because when i when i perform i have really bad nerves so i feel like i'm always weird and socially awkward and even after i perform i have to like calm down from i'm the same way yeah so i was like i hope i, I don't even like i black i black out almost and i yeah. got in my car i was like oh my god i hope he doesn't think i was rude and like do i say something else and I was, <laughs> so i just felt so embarrassed and nervous and scared and like people yeah. i i'm afraid that people are going to take it as me being standoffish and, and rude really i'm i wouldn't say that i'm shy but i definitely have fits of um social awkwardness i won't go as far as say anxiety because that's not what it is it's like my mind is somewhere else and then like how i am face to face can be different (laughs) i'm exactly the same way if i'm in at a show even if it is something as casual as a fourth of july cookout it's still like well somebody's not here yet or i gotta get this thing set up and like Mm -hmm. how's this gonna sound i'm still Mm -hmm. like thinking unnecessarily professional and overanalyzing even in like the most laid back environment. So like people will be like trying to talk to me just like real casual. I don't know how people can be so relaxed in an environment like that. I'm almost just like on edge at shows. And then in the same way, I feel like, fuck, am I being rude? Do I seem like I'm not like a good person to talk with? And like Mm -hmm. I overanalyze that stuff. But I, I think that it's a part of our creative minds getting the best of us because mm-hmm. much like we may be able to put together a song or paint a lyrical picture. We could also paint the most unnecessary scenarios in our heads and think yeah. that people are well, also like, <laughs> over analyzing is a big problem. Yeah. And as patient as I am, I think I get in my own head now because like sometimes <laughs> like friends won't come to me about certain things or whatever, because I, give very honest answers oh. and even my sister tells me all the time she's like i hate talking to you because <laughs> she'll tell me a story and i'll be like yeah dude that sucks and that's like all i'll say about it and she's like sierra and i'm like oh i'm sorry i mean like you got it like obviously you know what to do blase blase or whatever so i get in my own head now ever since she told me that i'm like the worst person to talk to and i was like i thought i gave great advice like this whole time <laughs> i'm I find myself to be very practical and matter of fact. And if somebody asks me something, especially somebody that's close to me, exactly. and I feel like I don't have to have a filter, mm-hmm. I'm going to say gonna what like I'm going to say. I'm not going to be about totally. it. But like, I'm, if somebody's making a poor decision, it's like, what do you think? I'll be like, I think you're being like a, a jag off. You know? I feel like... <laughs> It usually is this thing where it's like, is somebody asking you for advice or validation? Yeah. And a lot of the time people will disguise looking for validation as looking for advice. They just mm-hmm. want you to reaffirm. Like, oh, it's okay. It's or, fine. But it's like, yeah. 
No, it's, it's not. not. And you know but... it's not. That's why you're asking me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then <laughs> you're going to get mad at me about it to deflect the energy that you have towards yourself mm-hmm. so you can feel a little bit better. It's like, don't play these games with me. Yeah. Crazy. Can't deal with it. <laughs> well, I mean, I can. I just don't want to. Exactly. <laughs> Gotta do better. But speaking of doing better, mm-hmm. that's actually not even the right way to going to say. We probably wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> but I, don't, I was like, I don't have a, I don't think I have much. I mean, we could probably sit here and talk forever. forever but I don't want to yeah. hold you up all night. Yeah. And we have our hour. And how long are people going to sit around to watch this too? Forever if they're real. But you could come back. I hope so. I would like to come back. It's just really fun. I would like to have you back on sometime. Yeah. That'd be great. There's so much more to talk about. Yeah. And I plan on releasing like more music and all that jazz and have other big plans. (laughs) I just thought about all I have to do. That's why that face was. I just thought about everything that I actually have to accomplish. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) It's so familiar yeah. it's so funny that's the thing is like it i guess i guess before we wrap up this like thinking of i'm thinking more about my interactions with people in the real world and mm-hmm. how i think a lot of people see me online as somebody that's talking a whole lot because i'm mm-hmm. always putting out podcasts and talking so much and in this scenario i can do it mm-hmm. but in person it's really hard for me to like lock into a conversation with somebody i hate small talk unless it's like yeah it's like that like so what's up? What's new? How have you been? It's like either I can give you a generic answer mm-hmm. or do you have 20 minutes? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, Do you really want me to answer this question? Because there's a lot going on. I yeah. just don't know how much you give a shit. Like that. Yeah. The how, how are you question? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm, what's new is I, the I'm, worst. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't even say that's the worst. It's just like. It has to be like I came on here. You, if you asked me, I don't even know if you did, but if you asked me, I probably did. What's new? That's an easy answer because this is about music. I think I asked you what. How's twenty twenty then? Okay, that, yeah, I think, and I, I knew the answer should have been around music. But if we had just been like on the street, oh, so how's your twenty twenty? I would be like, <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, <laughs> so can we please just overanalyze like the the overanalyzing that we're probably both going to do once we stop recording about yeah. this past hour. <laughs> Let's just do it on mic right now. It'll um, be like uh when when they have like those TV shows like they have like The Walking Dead and they do uh-huh. the Talking Dead afterwards where they analyze the episode. We'll just have mm-hmm. this is the follow-up to this podcast where yeah. we analyze every talking point. And if I'm said really the right thing self-conscious not, that I talked about my psycho high school boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to like purposely block him from seeing this. So he's not like, why would you talk about me like that? Well, you were psychotic. Um, and how I revealed that I was also psycho, but in a petty way, we're like, well, if you can't, if I can't do this, then you can't do that. Then I'm also self-conscious. I just hate my talking voice. I probably won't watch this. You're only human. Because I hate my talking voice. It's like, I'll watch it because I'll be like, I need to know what I said in case I said something politically incorrect and need to make a statement. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On New Year's Eve, KDKA uh, interviewed me. And before they were like, oh, yeah, we'll record it ahead of time. And then they're like, we'll do a live interview. And I literally looked at them. I was like, that's the biggest mistake you've ever made. (laughs) And they started laughing. I was like, all right, well, we'll see. (laughs) 
hope it's not. All right, sorry. I'll stop I can't. Talking. I can't imagine <laughs> you being somebody to get yourself into trouble like that. I don't. I don't think I would either. But you. You never know. You really never know. I think that's what I trip up about. Twenty twenty. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Oh boy. And that's all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Sierra, it's been lovely. Thanks for coming. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. I'm uploading three episodes a week right now because I'm a psychopath. Yeah. I have 20 unreleased episodes right now. It's ridiculous. Too much. Too much. You didn't Is this need the baseline from Ascension? Part of it? Nah. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. <laughs> Anyways, I'll be back again sooner than later. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. Start the beat. My name is Sykes. 2020. Thanks for listening. And we are done. Peace.